One thing that I had uh, forgotten to mention is uh, to um, uh, give our sincere condolences to the, to the Knott family and to Ray and Jackie on the passing of Jackie's aunt uh, by the name of Marianne Knott. And we have your parents here as well, so our sincere condolences to you. And we will remember to pray for you this coming week. I believe is the funeral on Wednesday. It takes place on Wednesday. So our, our thoughts and our prayers are with you as well. And thank you, Henry, for the update. We'll continue to pray for, for Susie as well. So um, we'll continue to do that. Would you bow with me once again and let's unite our hearts in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that every prayer we utter, whether verbally or simply from the heart, you hear. There's, there's not none that escapes your attention. And Lord Jesus, you taught us that even if a sparrow falls to the ground, it does not escape your Father's attention. So how much more don't you pay attention to every last thing of our lives? Thank you, Lord, that nothing is too insignificant for you. We thank you, Lord, that in our time of grief and loss, that you are especially near and bring comfort. We pray that for the Knott family. We pray that for Ray and Jackie on the passing of Jackie's aunt. And we pray, Lord, that in this time of of loss and grief, that they would pull together as a family, that they would sense your presence, and that you would comfort them, Lord, as as they draw together. We pray especially on Wednesday for those affected most. Give them strength, Lord, and comfort during that time. We continue to pray, Lord, for Susie as uh, there's been some complications. And so we simply pray, Lord, that you would work those out according to your will and that you would grant healing and full restoration of health. We ask that in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, as we come to your word, we thank you again for it. Thank you that by it, it gives light into our lives and your truth dispels all of the errors that are constantly bombarding us. So we ask that again, you would speak to us by your word. Speak through me, your servant, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We're now continuing in part four of our sermon series entitled, And When You Pray. And today's sermon is entitled, Give Me What I Need. There's a story told of two young brothers who were spending their night at Grandma's house. When bedtime came, they knelt beside their beds, folded their hands to say their bedtime prayers. The youngest one went first, and so he began praying at the very top of his lungs, For my birthday, I pray for a new bike, a new iPod, and a new PlayStation. Amen. Well, following this, his brother said, Why are you shouting your prayers? God isn't deaf. To which the little brother replied, No, but Grandma is. (laughs) Someone once said that Jesus taught us to pray for our needs not our greeds. Our needs, not our greeds. That is to say that there is a difference between praying for things that we simply want and things that we actually need. And this is very important to keep in mind in this fourth part of our series and when you pray, where we finally enter the portion of the Lord's Prayer where we get to ask for stuff. And it's okay. We finally get to ask for stuff. Now, you will have already noticed that we're just about halfway through Jesus' model prayer for his disciples before he even gets to asking for anything for ourselves. And let's just be honest here for a minute. That's what we all want, right? Like, yeah, we get the other stuff's important, but what we really want to get down to is asking God for stuff for ourselves. And that is why we must always remember last Sunday's sermon, the first part of the prayer, that we keep the priorities in the correct order. 
It's God first, me second. When we get that order flipped around, our prayers get flipped around as well, don't they? We must remember it's God first, me second. His name, his kingdom, and his will must always come before my own. But once we get that in the right order, we put God in his proper place on the throne of heaven and we surrender our name's fame for his, our personal empire for his kingdom, our will for his will. Once we've done that, then God's promise to his children is sure and we can count on it. We can take it to the bank. This is his promise. I will provide for your daily needs. That's a promise you can take to the bank. God says, I will provide for your daily needs. And in this prayer, we will see that his provision comes in three different realms. There's a threefold provision. The first is physical provision. The second is the provision of forgiveness. And the third is the provision of protection. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn there with me again to Matthew chapter 6 and verses 11 and 13. Or you can turn to the alternate passage in Luke chapter 11. Now there, Jesus teaches us to pray three requests that cover the entire scope of human need. This really covers everything that we could possibly ever ask for, and he does it in three crisp sentences. But he covers everything we need for body, soul, mind, and spirit. The first is, of course, obvious. Give us this day our daily bread. And this relates to our body's physical need for sustenance. Forgive us our trespasses or sins speaks to our soul's need for forgiveness. And the lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil addresses our mind and spirit's need for protection and deliverance. And so today we're going to focus in on the first of these three provisions. And we're going to look at the provision for the body. Give us this day our daily bread. This may at first glance seem irrelevant to most of us. While there are certainly people in other parts of the world, other nations, where their next meal may not be as certain as ours is, we recognize that, but that's so far from our experience that most of us just take it for granted because we have more than enough to eat. And so here the first lesson, of course, is obvious. We are not to take our daily meals for granted simply because we have a fridge full of food, You know, we have a grocery store, the co-op, where we can go get more, just in case the fridge is a little bare. And if we don't like any of those options, we have restaurants to choose from. In fact, we have plenty of restaurants here in town. We're probably, some of us, going to visit them after this service is done. And if you really don't like those, we can still hop in our car and drive down to Brandon and go to the keg or Red Lobster or whatever your choice is, right? We have so many choices when it comes to food. We're not just talking bare essentials, we're talking the luxuries of life. Now, while we have all of this stuff today, some of you of the older generation who are present here today, you may well recall a time in your life where the abundance of food, or especially the luxury of eating at a restaurant, was either entirely unheard of or the stuff of dreams. And some of you here today may remember it being a real concern Where will our family's next meal come from? Now, full confession, for those of my generation and younger, these things have never even crossed our paths. We have no concept of what that's like to worry about where our next meal is coming from. In fact, our biggest concern growing up was not whether we had enough food to eat, but simply whether or not we liked the food. 
I'm serious, you know, mom could, could throw a roast chicken on the table, potatoes, carrots, all the trimmings, and we'd say, ah, oh, potato and chicken again? You know, th- that was the biggest concern of ours, was whether or not we were tired of the food or whether we particularly liked it. Having enough, we simply took it for granted. You know, spoiled is probably a word that comes to mind. And probably not far off from being true. Now, quite simply, we have very little idea of how relative to history or the rest of the world just how good we really have it. And what this often does to our prayers is that instead of praying for our daily bread, you know, our daily needs, we end up praying like that little boy in the beginning. We pray for that new bike or PlayStation or, you know, we get a little older and we pray for, you know, a new car or a truck or a house or clothes or a camper or a cottage or a nice vacation Well, you get the idea, right? These things that we pray for, that do we really need them? And we end up praying for our greeds instead of our needs. And then we wonder why God isn't answering. Because you see, the point of prayer is not for us to get what we want, but to receive what we truly need. Now, I want you to notice that this trust in God is to be for each day. He says, Give us this day our daily bread. The emphasis is on this day. Not tomorrow, not next week. The provision is for today. Now, in the first century, bread had to be made on a daily basis. They couldn't just buy a couple of loaves down at the grocery store or the market and then put them in the freezer for later. No, the bread had to be baked early in the morning. It had to be eaten by the end of the day. And if you had leftovers... You know, if you were wealthy enough to have leftovers, it was going to be pretty moldy or crusty by the next day. So bread was made fresh each day, and it was consumed that day. It was a daily provision. Now, in Luke chapter 11 and verses 5 to 8, the passage that was read for us earlier, Jesus' parable of the little girl was that he also had not slept the entire night, but that he had been up praying through the long hours of the night. Now, of course, we hear a story like that. We hear other similar circumstances, and we could say it's coincidence. It just so happened the man's cart broke down. The guy just thought it up in his own head that he wanted to bring bread that day. But I truly believe that coincidence is simply when God chooses to remain anonymous. And for those of us who know him, it is his signature. He specializes in coincidences. You see, just as certainly as those divinely ordained coincidences were God's provision for those orphans that day, so too, the breakfast you had this morning, what was it, cereal and toast? Did you have bacon and eggs, hash browns? What did you have for breakfast today? Whatever it was, it sustained you. It was good, I hope. (laughs) That provision came from your father's hand. Do you see it as such? Do you thank your father for his provision for you daily? Because it was from him. You see, we need to recognize something very important. All provision is God's provision. All of it. No matter how much we have in the fridge or the freezer, no matter how much is down at the supermarket, no matter how much we have in the bank, it's all from our Father. All provision is God's provision. Do you have a job? Do you have a house? 
Do you have food, vehicles, enough money to buy what you need and maybe extra to buy what you want? If you answered yes to any of those things, then let me ask you this. Which part of that is yours to take credit for? How much of it? What percentage? Is the provision 50% you and 50% God? You know, it's kind of a 50-50 deal. Like God does some of the bigger things, but I do more of the small stuff. Where do we break it down? Is it 60-40? Is it 70-30? Where are you resting in your self-sufficiency rather than in God's all-sufficiency? And to this you could say, well, I worked hard at my job to get that paycheck, but who provided you with that job? Well, it's my ability that got me that job. Well, who provided you with the ability to do your job? James chapter 1, verses 16 and 17 says this. It makes it so plain. Listen to what he says. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Every gift... You see, the provision of our daily bread may seem so incidental to us because we've taken it for granted for so long. It may seem as though, oh, it's my sufficiency because I earned it by my labors. But don't be deceived, James says. Don't be deceived by how it looks. Every good gift comes from above. And when we recognize that, We recognize that everything comes from our Heavenly Father who knows how to give good gifts to His children. Then our worry for tomorrow is replaced by expectancy. Just like Mr. Mueller's was. Let's see how our Father provides this day. And when He does, how can we not thank Him and praise Him for what He does every day? So don't be deceived by the devil's lie of self-sufficiency. Oh, you're such a hard worker. You're taking good care of yourself and your family. No, no matter what it looks like, no matter what you think, every good gift in your life is from your Father in heaven. So ask him for it each day, expect to receive it, and then thank him when he provides it. I love the testimony that I've shared before from one of the greatest missionaries missionary of all time named Hudson Taylor. And Hudson Taylor wrote this in his journal. It was discovered after his passing. This is what he wrote. Our Heavenly Father is a very experienced one. He knows very well that his children wake up with a good appetite every morning. He sustained three million Israelites in the wilderness for 40 years. We do not expect he will send three million missionaries to China, but if he did, he would have ample means to sustain them all. Depend on it. God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. What a testimony. And I love the way he puts it. Our Heavenly Father is a very experienced one. You ever doubt his skill or his ability? No, he is experienced. If he could sustain three million Israelites in the wilderness, don't you think that he can sustain us as well? And you see, when God supplies our needs, it always comes full circle back to him receiving the glory. It's about his name, his kingdom being advanced, and his will being accomplished. So what can we take home from this? Well, the first thing I just want to throw out there is very simple. It's going to be more of a reminder than anything else. But recognize that all of the good things in your life are not of your own doing. They are gifts from your Father in heaven. Just recognize that fact. 
And the second thing, also self-evident, once we've recognized that fact, thank him. Just thank him and acknowledge the daily bread that he provides for you every single day, including breakfast this morning and the lunch you're going to have in a few minutes. And the third thing is this. Increase the frequency and the volume of your prayers. Increase the frequency and the volume of your prayers. By that I mean pray more often and pray with more passion. Don't just go through rote ritual because you have to. No, pray with passion. And so let me just challenge you for the next week. Let me challenge you with this. Pray the Lord's Prayer every single day. Pray it every day. You already know it. Jesus already taught it, so why not do it? Maybe some of you already are. So just pray it every day. I proved to you that you can pray it in 10 seconds flat. But I don't want you to just pray it in 10 seconds flat. I want to add one uh, one little rule to this challenge. Rather than just rattling it off in 10 seconds, I want you to take your time and pray it from the heart. And one thing that I like to do to guard against just vainly repeating the words is to pray each part, then just pause after one line. Just pause, and then add something personal to it in your own words. So for example, I'll pray, Thy kingdom come. And then I'll pause and I'll think, Okay, thy kingdom come. What does that look like in my life today? in the town of Killarney, in the church. And then I'll pray something, just as I feel prompted at the time, I'll pray something like, Lord, my desire is to see the kingdom advanced in Killarney. I want to see more souls saved. And I'll pray for the people in town by name as they come to mind. And then I'll continue, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then pause again and pray again from the heart. And so on. And it becomes this wonderful template for our prayers. It guides them. And as the Holy Spirit directs us, we pray from the heart. So may we receive this challenge this week and see what the Lord does as we seek him in prayer, our Father, who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Would you bow with me? As we close this prayer, I would invite you to pray the Lord's Prayer together with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your daily provisions. And I want to collectively, as your people, Lord, simply say, we're sorry for how often We have taken your daily provisions for granted. And Lord, we are also sorry for how often we have taken the credit for what we have in our lives rather than giving you your due. Where we've become so self-sufficient that we say, it's my doing, I've worked hard, I've earned this. But Lord, everything in our lives is due to you. The ability to work, the ability to think, the ability to do anything comes from you. And not only that, Lord, the nation in which we live, which has been so blessed with prosperity, what can we take credit for when we enjoy it? It's all from you. And so we give you thanks, Lord. And I pray that you would cultivate us, uh, within each one of us, a greater thankfulness. I also pray that you would help us to seek you with more passion And to intercede, Lord, on behalf of the many who do not know you, that we could yet see a harvest in this town. And so we pray, Lord, that your kingdom would come. And we pray that with everything that it means. And now I invite everyone to pray together with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us.
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.